I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. I'm very excited for this episode as we continue our series of going in-depth on each team in the league. This episode, we have an absolute legend. We welcome to the show Jeff Metcalf to chat all things Phoenix Mercury. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash Windsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com. That's windsider.com. And remember, downloading the episode not only makes for a better listening experience, but also makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing the important work we do. Jeff Medcap, I am... Ex- extremely excited. I'm losing my words here. I've been reading your work for a very long time. I'm really happy to have you on the show and talk all things Mercury. How you doing? I'm doing great, but calling me a legend would be way, way over the top. So <laughs> I appreciate your kind words. Diana Tarazi is a legend and she she would far from call me a legend. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, you know what? Someday soon, I'm going to ask her what term she would use to refer to you. And if she says legend, then you're out of luck, man. <laughs> well, anyway, I appreciate your uh, compliment, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not going to be around the bush. I've been following your work for a very long time. I've always been extremely critical of the lack of local coverage of a lot of these teams, but I can never say that about the Mercury because you just do an amazing job. And I'll be quite frank, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't read Jeff's work, you should because that's how I stay in the know of what's going on down south uh, in the desert. Let's talk about Mercury, but before we do, can you remind the folks where they can see uh, your WNBA thoughts and writings? Yes, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So uh, I'm, I work at the Arizona Republic newspaper, um, but uh, our website is azcentral.com, and uh, you can find everything there. Um, like a lot of places now, some of it's considered premium stuff that you have to get a subscription for, some of it's not. So you know, if if you're into getting a subscription, even for the season, it's pretty modest price. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, come and come and look at it. Uh, we've had I think even just this last week, I was checking out our page views and we had something like over 60,000 page views for WNBA content. So <laughs> I, I was really excited about that. No, that's amazing. I love to hear that. And and it makes sense why, considering this star-studded roster. And we'll get to the, the roster in a moment, but you being, you having your ear to the ground, you uh, having the ins with the Phoenix Mercury, talk to me. Training camp is almost done, right? The WNBA season, we're recording this Monday the 10th, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern. The season starts Friday uh, for a variety of teams and then really gets going this weekend. But talk to me. What are your takeaways? What have you What have you learned? What have, What do you keep hearing uh, coming out of the Mercury camp during these training camp? Well, I think there's a couple things going on. Um, one thing is because Tarazi and Skyler Diggins didn't play overseas, they've been here in Phoenix. Skyler has moved here now, and they've been here um, basically practicing training uh, for months. So I think the chemistry that you started to see the second half of last season 
um, is only going to carry through. Now, it didn't necessarily show up in the preseason game, but they only played a half, and I don't really put anything into that. But I, I'm pretty excited. They both made all WNBA second team last year, and you know, I don't think that uh, Taraji's ready to fall off the cliff yet. I think she's still got a lot left in the tank, although – Every year that comes up, you wonder a little bit, um, you know, she's going to be 39 here coming up on 39. And, you know, you wonder when that time is going to come when she's just not going to look like the same player. But she takes such good care of herself. Um, and since she's had the back surgery, that seems to have resolved that problem. Beyond that, uh, she does a phenomenal job taking care of her body. And so even especially in an Olympic year, I really don't think you're going to see anything other than what we've seen from Tarazi in recent years, you know, um, with the exception of the year she had the back surgery. So I think that's one of the biggest thing that's, that's, that's happened here is they've had that time to continue to build on their chemistry. And, you know, now the rest of the team, uh, Griner's here now, Brianna Turner is here. They're still waiting on a few people that they were missing um, in the Seattle preseason game. But now it's going to be about how much can they blend everybody together and try to get off to maybe a little bit of a faster start than what they did last year. That that would be nice. It's it's actually interesting. I hadn't put this in my show notes. I hadn't even thought about this until you mentioned Tarasi in the Olympic year. And for a player who's not playing overseas, maybe it, it is a thing, maybe it isn't a thing. But just hearing you say that just made me go, huh, Tarasi, you know, forgetting playoffs is going to play a lot more this WNBA season in a, in a time period style, right from the beginning of the season to the end of the season because of, of the Olympics, than she normally would have or has typically in past years since she stopped playing overseas. So that was, you definitely had a light bulb go off there like, oh, wow, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that, like how that might possibly affect, you know, minutes that they put her in in the early part of the season to kind of ease her in knowing that she is going to get some time for the Olympics, but there is that that break around that time. So that is nice. Uh, can you give us any updates? Have you heard anything on Bria Hartley and how she's looking back or looking coming back uh, from that devastating injury last season? Yes, I can. Um, so her surgery was September, I'm going to say 15th or 18th, somewhere in that range. Um, she is doing some individual work and sort of participating at the beginning of practice now, but not doing the full up and up and down team stuff. Um, they haven't put a timetable on it yet. The Mercury opened with three road games. I'm guessing she won't play in any of those three games. So I don't know that she would be ready for the home opener on May 21st, but I don't think she'll be ready before that. Um, and I guess it's just kind of a, a question of not only what the doctors say to clear, but then what her actual conditioning is um, as to when she'll actually get in. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if it was if she missed all of May. I, I wouldn't be shocked by that. I also wouldn't be totally surprised if she ended up playing the latter part of the month either. Yeah. And, and she's, look, she's a key player. I mean, what, what she did last year, a lot of people going into the season were questioning that, that salary amount and everyone had to apologize after that. I think we even over at Windsider published an article, uh, one of our writers formally apologizing for questioning that, that salary hit or that, that contract signing. Um, real quick, because this team historically has a lot of ties to the Australian national team and often kind of 
has their eyes set on a few overseas players. Are there any overseas Olympics, FIBA, whatever commitments you are? I know you, you, you touched on that when you were talking about the training camp. Are there any commitments that have cause or uh, we expect to cause issues just in regards to actually physically being there versus, you know, not being there? Well, there are three Australians in camp right now. Um, Alana Smith is going into her third season, um, and she's had a variety of injuries that have kind of limited her from from showing what she did when she was at Stanford and why she was a first-round draft pick. But I still think they they believe that if she can stay healthy, she can start to really make a contribution for them as kind of a stretch for um, the other day against Seattle, she had, uh, let me just check and make sure, nine points and eight rebounds, and that was only shooting well for half the game. Um, but she definitely gives them some contributions on the boards, and as we all know, Griner's not the greatest rebounder in the world. Brianna Turner is a high-quality rebounder, but they need other people to rebound in addition, in addition to Turner. So I really feel like Smith – Smith will make the team again and, and hopefully kind of um, elevate her game a little bit and begin to show what they were looking for when they drafted her. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Blickovs is here. Uh, she's on the Australian national team. And then Tiana, and I'm going to struggle with her last name here. Um, we, we can leave her at Tiana because I was going to struggle with that last name. Also. Yeah, and I've been trying to get myself to say it right because I don't like not being able to do it. But anyway, the guard from Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is here, although I do not expect her to make the final roster. I think Sarah still has a chance of making the final roster. She didn't look especially good against Seattle. But... Um, if they decide to keep an extra post, keep six perimeter players, they only have room for 11 on their roster. Mm-hmm. So if they decide to keep six perimeter players in five posts, Sarah would probably be the, the one that would get the nod as the fifth post. Um, and and so she could end up being – she's on the Opals too. So to stick to the Australian part of it, I think there will be at least one on this team, one on the Mercury and maybe two. And then, of course, Sandy is the coach. And she's very encouraging of uh, Australian players playing in the season. I know, you know, whether it's Liz Cambage or, you know, some other players that, you know, don't necessarily feel like they want to play during the WNBC NBA season always. Not speaking so much of this year, but they don't always. But Sandy's sort of encouraging of that because I, I guess she's here and she believes playing in the best league in the world is the best kind of preparation you can get for the Olympics anyway. Yeah. Hey, and she, if, she, if she knows, she knows, right? Like if anybody knows, it's definitely Sandy. Um, but let's talk about this roster a little bit. I know I, I completely agree with you. They're only going to have 11 players. Uh, I don't think there really is a debate or a discussion necessarily about that, just cap-wise. Um, I'm going to run down uh, a few of the players that I see as locks. I mean, I think 10 spots are pretty much locks, but I'm I'm curious because a player like, Sophie Cunningham, maybe if somebody super impresses you uh, in training camp, could she be on, on on the block to be moved? You know, could she make the roster in the end? I, I don't know. I'm curious your thoughts on that, but let me just run down for the fans. And again, hop in, correct me uh, if I get anything wrong here, but I expect Diana Taurasi to make this roster. I think she's a, a shoe in. Uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith, 
uh, Brittany Griner, Bria Hartley, Kiavon, Kian Nurse, uh, Brianna Turner, Alana Smith, Megan Walker, and Sophie Cunningham, in my mind, make up those like 10 guaranteed spots. Although I think you very well could make an argument if you know you're much wiser than me. Something about Sophie Cunningham, I kind of see her, or maybe, maybe uh, an Alana Smith or a Megan Walker as those like if somebody really impressed and they really wanted to bring them on. Um, and you, you touched briefly about Sarah um, Bilkovs. I definitely butchered that last name. Um, so my apologies. But talk to me about who you kind of expect to fill out this roster and, and take that 11th spot. Yeah, well, I think the one person you missed there is Shay Petty. Oh, yes, yes. Great call. Thank Shay, you. Shay Petty has a really good chance. She joined the team in the bubble last year. Um, some people probably remember she hit the game-winning shot against Washington in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but she also brings a defensive presence on the perimeter that they 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 like and I think will kind of carry her onto the roster. She's one of the people that has – well, she's here now, but she has she didn't play Saturday. Um, they were missing Petty, Kia Vaughn, Megan Walker, and, of course, hardly because of her injury – None of those players played against Seattle. Um, and then just so people know, uh, Griner, Tarazi, and Diggin Smith didn't play at all in the second half. So, you know, when you're trying to evaluate that game, that, that's what you were dealing with with, with that. But um, I, I tend to believe that Petty is going to make this team. Um, she was playing in Turkey. Kiavan is playing in Turkey. Walker was playing in Hungary. That's why they're all late arrivals. Um, Cunningham, I think, is the one that you're just not sure about. But they've also got two years invested in her, and I think they know what they've got in her. Um, she's a player that will occasionally get hot enough with her shooting to give you, you know, 10, 12, 14 points. She runs the floor well. And, of course, as we all know, going back to college about her toughness and just kind of her – you know, edge that she plays with that, you know, is kind of welcome in this league too, unless you're playing against her. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and also definitely welcome on this team. I remember her rookie season, uh, we had her on the podcast and she, one of my favorite stories of her rookie season was just how I guess Diana had stopped her and said, look, if you get a technical or a fine or something for playing hard, I got you. Don't, don't let that <laughs> uh, affect your game. And and I just found that hilarious and amazing that they're on the same team together and that works out. And I do apologize. Shea Petty, great, great call on that. Um, you know, something that I'm I'm very interested in with this team, and, and you kind of touched on this, so I'm curious your thoughts on this. While Diana Taurasi is still around, it's quite obvious they're chips in, right? They wanna they wanna bring home a championship. That's why you make some of the moves that they've made over the past few years. And to kind of echo what you were saying about Sophie Cunningham, you look at this roster. While it has a, a, a nice contingency of vets who have been around the block, it also has a nice contingency of young players, but not rookies, right? They have a nice setup of young players where they, to, to echo what you said, you already kind of know what you're getting from them. And that's why I like the Shea Petty, uh, you know, bringing her in at, at, at number 11, because you've seen what you can get from her. She has like that, like, quote unquote, younger rookiness to her because she's only like technically been in the league for a, a limited amount of years. But she also has that vet mentality playing overseas for many years and, and being around the block for a while. Um, so I think this team is doing a good job of balancing that. I'm curious your thought on like 
the mindset if, if I were to make you put on like a, a Sandy Brondello mask and kind of talk to me what you think their mindset is just in regards to, you know, maybe not necessarily bringing in a draft pick this season, uh, but still having a good core of young players. Well, I think it, I think what you said is exactly right. Trazi signed for two more years, which will take her to 40. Um, that's almost unbelievable when you think about it. <laughs> but, uh, and especially to be playing at the level she's still playing at. But um, they have tried. Uh, Jim Pittman is the general manager here. And Jim and Sandy have tried to be conscious of, you know, we've got a win now mentality, but we don't want to get so old that, you know, we're, we're just going to really pay for it down the road. And that's a tough thing to do. I mean, anybody who's tried to do that at any level in, in professional basketball knows you're really walking a tightrope trying to do that. So I really believe for them, maybe not for another team, but for them giving up the draft picks to get Kia Nurse and Megan Walker was the right move for this team right now because you get a starting three in Kia Nurse who really should – fit in right away with his, uh, the rest of these starters. And then you, who knows what you have in Megan Walker. I mean, this is somebody who left college early, you know, didn't really, she had COVID. She didn't really get much of a chance to show what she can do. Now she's been overseas for a season. Um, I mean, they were interested in her when she was available in the draft. And they, I think that she got drafted one pick before they picked or they would have taken her in the draft that year. So I, I really believe that she's a good example of, you know, trying to, you know, get some younger players in here while winning at the same time. Griner and Diggins Smith are both 30. And so, you know, they're right in their prime, but I think you've still got, you know, a number of years with them even after Tarazi is gone. So, you know, I think you're probably in a pretty good place right now, even having giving up. Um, this year's number one and next year's number one to, to make that trade. But I mean, um, to, to, to no, me, no. that was a good move to make. And I like what they've seen from Nurse already. Um, she had 12 points the other day. Uh, and I just think um, she's so happy to be here based on what she had to go through last year with the Liberty, with the injuries. And she's still a young player, but she was supposed to leave that team and it was an almost impossible situation. I just think she's really glad to be here now with all these other veterans. Oh, yeah. And I think she's a great fit for, you know, coming into a team where she doesn't need to be the leader, right? She can learn from some other successful players around her and contribute, but not have the weight of the team on her shoulders, I think is a huge advantage that is a selling point. Uh, granted, you know, how much selling do you have to do when it's a trade? But it's still a selling point. Uh, for this team. And we'll get to this in a moment. But I just think this team honestly is being slept on uh, in regards to a lot of the uh, the talking heads and, and the power rankings of this league. But l- let's start negative and work our way up to positives. Um, I'm curious for you what you think the weakness of this team would be. I could go first, but I don't want to influence your opinion at all. So tell me, uh, what do you think the weakness of this team is going to be this this coming season? Well, I think most people would probably agree on this and you and I will probably agree on this, that their starting five looks very solid. And then when you go six and seven, you're talking about Hartley and Kia Vaughn arguably at six and seven. I think the question is, what do you have after your top seven? Mm -hmm. 
and how much of a contribution are they going to give you there? Um, the players that we just talked about, you know, Petty, um, Walker, Cunningham, and Smith, those are probably going to end up being the other four most likely. Um, I, you know, I think there's questions about all of them. I think they can contribute, but can they consistently contribute? And then if you get an injury in there, let's say Hartley doesn't come around as fast as you would like, you know, now what does your depth look like? I think that's going to kind of be the biggest issue. And then in just a position standpoint, I think, do they have enough in the post? Um, I mean, Kreiner being back, you know, she only played 12 games last season, left the bubble. Then when she left the bubble, they kind of evolved into a different kind of team that was that was more of an up and down team without that post presence. And they were trying to get to the basket, um, get to the free throw line and, you know, just play a different kind of game than what they were playing before. And they were pretty successful doing that, to be honest. They had a really nice run the last half of the bubble season. Um, and they, you know, they only lost by one point in the second round or they would have been playing in the semifinals again. So, so I, I think they did a really good job once Grinder left. Now the question is, how do you put that all together with Grinder? Because she had another good season um, with ECAT over in Russia. You know, they won the early, they won the Russian league, you know, but you want to kind of tap into what you had the second half of last season plus what she gives you in the post. And I think that's going to be a big challenge for Sandy to kind of make that work stylistically so that you're getting the best of the best of both worlds, I guess. Yeah. And honestly, I'll, I'll be fair. Depth was like in my mind, when I view the depth of this team, while it's on my short list of weaknesses, I didn't put it at top because I'm in, in my mind, this roster has a great ability to plug and play where if you have one player fall out of that starting five, they have a lot of able bodies that can step in like we saw when a Brittany Griner went out last season. But I completely agree. Like, how are you going to, you know, the, a lot of people were disappointed in how that team played before Brittany Griner left. Um, not to say that her leaving is what caused them to play better, but the change of style, I think, uh, is really caused them to play better. So how do you bring her back into it? The thing that it is in my mind, and I feel like a broken record because I've been preaching this for a few years now when it came to the Mercury, is just rebounding. You know, I know you, you mentioned this earlier on, BG is not a prolific rebounder, but for some reason I can't get it out of my head that she should be a prolific rebounder. <laughs> and that consistently frustrates me. And I've talked to Sandy in the past about it. Like a lot of times the games that are very easily won or like they have the ability to win that they, they aren't able to finish and pull off the victory. A lot of it, I'm not saying specifically to Brittany, but a lot of it comes down and she often, maybe you feel differently, but often I've noticed that she brings up rebounding um, as something that was kind of an issue in losses. Am, am I out of pocket on that? Am I, am I going overboard on that? What do you think? Well, I think generally the frustration with her not rebounding is felt every season by everybody, <laughs> including her, to be honest with you. But she, I, I wish I could pinpoint exactly what it is. She doesn't seem to have the, I don't know. Sometimes they just say rebounding is effort, you know, and sometimes I just don't see the effort, especially on the defensive rebound side mm -hmm. of things to go get what you think she should be able to go get where, 
Brianna Turner just seems made for that. You know, I mean, almost feel like Brianna Turner could roll out of bed and get you double digit rebounds. You <laughs> uh, know, you're not every, wrong. <laughs> every, every single game. And, and then you say, well, okay, now Griner is six, nine. Why is she not doing that? So you're continually going back to, she's got the height. She's got the, the, the length, you know, you should in some ways just be able to reach out. We see DeAndre Ayton a lot here with the Suns, and he's become a pretty good rebounder this season, you know. And I watch DeAndre Ayton sometimes, and I just think, you know, why can't Brittany just do exactly <laughs> what he's doing right there? And she's going, she's going to have a double-double, you know, every single game. And it's not like, you know, she doesn't get double-doubles. I, I mean, she, she'll get her share. But then there's a lot of games, too, when she's only given you four or five rebounds and you're just kind of shaking your head thinking, you know, is she bailing out too soon, trying to get down the court? Um, you know, what is she doing that's not not, allow, not allowing her to get more in the 8, 9, 10 range? So um, I, I don't know. I, I wish I had a better answer for you. I just really don't know what it is other than just kind of positioning and effort more than anything else. And it is an issue. There's, there's just no doubt about it. Um, they, she also continues to stress the defensive side of things, and you'll see them play some stretches of good defense, but you don't see them necessarily digging in and giving you just a complete half of really good defense or a complete game of really good defense. I'm not sure that they're quite, they've quite got that yet. Maybe someone like Kean Nurse can add to that. Um, Certainly, Brianna Turner, you know, she was third in the voting for Defensive Player of the Year in just her second season, and she's shown that she can take on some of those unbelievable unbelievable fours that are in this league, you know, because she's got to do it every single night. So that's a big plus on defense. But, you know, and then Griner's always going to be a threat to block shots. So, you know, that's one thing that's that has been consistent is she, she she's – got the the knack and she's found out a way to do it now without getting in foul trouble a lot. So I, I got to give her credit for that. I mean, she really, that that's something that's always going to be a big plus for them on the defensive side. Oh, definitely. And I think that's something that we've kind of seen her and, and me, someone who has been overly critical maybe, uh, which is a fair uh, critique of me um, towards Brittany Griner is, I think what we have seen, at least in my mind, over the course of her career is get smarter with those fouls, play a little bit smarter defense. And yeah, you're 100% right. Her her shot blocking ability is kind of, I think, almost at sometimes detrimental to the guards on her team because they they know they have that fallback. They know that they have that safety net of, you know, I can I can jump a little bit extra. I, I can hedge a little bit more because I know you know, we have Turner, we have Brittany Griner in, in, in the front court uh, for that help defense. So I think sometimes maybe it gets in their head a little bit, but that's not here nor there. Um, I am excited uh, to see, hopefully, hopefully Turner and Griner together um, because from the growth we saw after Brittany left with Brianna Turner, I think some people were shocked. Some people were like, yeah, we saw that coming. But for me, I was just super impressed by the consistency it, it wasn't the 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 spurts of it it was the consistency from Brianna Turner um how do you well, feel and then, and then one yeah. thing I would say too leading up to that she had made the all-rookie team her first year 
And then she was second behind Keeners in WNBL Most Valuable Player voting her first overseas season. So you could see, you know, I kind of say she's been on, you know, sort of a straight line rise since she left Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now she played in Russia this offseason. So she got another um, rise in uh, the uh, caliber of her international um, season. And I, I sort of think she's going to jump right back in. The thing that everybody's looking for her for from her now is to improve her offensive game. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously very good in transition. Um, she's got to get better in the half court and finish better. But I, I really think that there's going to be a jump in her offensive game too, to where, you know, they don't necessarily need her to score in double figures, but I think she can score in double figures. And no, then the one other thing, the one other thing I would say too that is worth not just taking for granted is Kia Vaughn because to me, she was just, I don't know if a revelation is too strong of a word, but she was fantastic once Griner left the bubble. And I don't know that they would have gotten, I really don't think they would have gotten as far as they got in the playoffs without Kia Vaughn playing the way she did with, with sort of consistently giving them close to a double, double every game from all, all through August into September. Oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, call it, call it a resurgence, call it a second wind, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of pegged her as the one who was going to need to step up if this team wasn't going to kind of, you know, have the wheels fall off after Brittany left. But it was the combination of her playing exceptionally well, Turner continuing her rise, like you said, that really floored some people. And I completely agree. I mean, when that that's why I have less concern I guess about the depth um, and I have less concern of, okay, if Brittany Griner is not having the greatest game this, you know, in some years it's been, they don't have that, that big depth, right? Like, Oh, if, if Brittany's not having a great game, this team's in a lot of trouble. Enough talk about weakness though. I want to talk about strength of this team. I think, you know, we, we've touched on this a little bit throughout the whole episode. Talent wise, it's hard to argue this team isn't up there in the top tier of the league. So talk to me, what do you think specifically is going to be the strength of this team? Well, um, I mean, they're, to me, they're starting five. Assuming Nurse play fills that three spot the way people think she's going to, I think they're starting five. Arguably, I don't know, maybe not as good as every team in the league, but right there. They're right there with everybody. So, and then... You know, maybe one of the biggest variables is what is Hartley going to look like when she comes back? Mm-hmm. You know, she's coming back pretty fast off major knee surgery. Um, she was phenomenal, like you said. She more than lived up to her contract last season. Um, you know, is she going to be able to do that right away or is it going to take till, you know, August, September before we really see her playing? you know, at close to that level again. I think that's a big unknown. But if you get that and you've got that rotation of Tarazi, Diggins, Smith, and Hartley, and they look anything like what they looked the second half of the bubble season, wow, I think you've got you got really something special there because what the three of them were able to do, um, and again, you know, you're blending Griner back in. So, you know, that's another variable there about now that now the middle is kind of clogged up. <laughs> so they're, they're not necessarily going to be able to get to the basket the way they did before, unless they can scheme it up to, to where they're able to do that. So, you know, but I, I guess I just love the starting five. 
I, I think they're very good. I think they're very talented. Um, you're basically talking about three all WNBA players, um, a, a rising star in Brianna Turner and, you know, somebody who has been an, an all-star in Keenan Nurse. I, I just like that, that group of five. Yeah, so no. That, if, you, if you go with your strength, you you go with that, I think, and then probably that you've got a couple, a, a six and a seven. You know, Hartley was in contention for uh, six player of the year last year before she moved into the starting lineup, and then she got hurt. So, you know, could she fit in and be sort of the candidate for that role again? I think that's maybe possibly the biggest question of all, to be honest with you. Oh yeah, I mean, I would say the the two biggest questions in my mind surrounding this team is. Hartley and and integrating Griner back in. You know, what what are we going to see? Are we going to see, maybe this is too simplistic, but are we going to see the first half from the bubble of the, like that, that Mercury team? Or are we going to see the second half team? Uh, the team that was playing with a little bit more um, just pizzazz, like a little, a little fire under their butt. Like we got to do this now because the clock is ticking. We're down under the count and we got to, you know, rush it up and, and, and make some wins out of this season. Otherwise, we're not making the playoffs. And otherwise, you know, we're not making it deep. And and while you have Diana Taurasi on this roster and you keep it, you know, you bring in the likes of Skylar Diggins-Smith and then you continue with Brittany Griner, whether she's there or not, this team is not just going to lie down, right? This is a team full of fighters. I'm very excited for it. And, and, and honestly, that's the scariest part too. I like to automatically assume... Uh, even if they're coming back from serious injuries, that they're going to come back and play at a similar level of where they were before. And if that does happen with this team and the moves they made over the offseason, I'm excited. And and I think, you know, you talked about Alana Smith earlier. Uh, she adds some depth if she can stay healthy, right? Like there's the question of depth, but I think they have the answer. But a lot of the players, it's more about giving them the opportunity and them seizing that opportunity as opposed to, we know what these players are, and they're just not going to be able to deliver uh, in in that same way that we need. Um, all right, let's talk about it this way. The ceiling and the floor for this team. I have my mindset. I'll let you go first. I always like to respect the guest. Let the guest go first. What do you think the ceiling and the floor? So I like to say the ceiling is, is pretty clear and obvious. The floor for me is if they did this, most people would consider it a disappointment in a season. Right. Well, uh, I guess on the ceiling side of it, um, you know, I, I think of some of these things that we just discussed, I can see them being a, a final four team. Let's put it that way. W- whether they could get by Las Vegas, um, uh, who might, Chicago, you know, uh, Seattle, you know, I mean, Seattle to me, <laughs> They're still going to be really good. Um, you know, the McCautry injury, I'm not sure exactly what that does. It can't be good. There's no way you can look at that and say that's a good thing for Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could put them in that Final Four category with those other three teams I just mentioned. I can see that kind of be a, being a ceiling. And then how does it break after that for you when you get to that point? That's a little bit hard to predict at this point. Yeah. On the floor part of it, I mean, I can't see them not making the playoffs. So that that seems like that. I can't. They're not going to go that far down. I can't see any way that would happen. You know, if you got in and, you know, you certainly if you lost in the first round, it would be a huge disappointment. If you 
played in the second round. I mean, they've never gotten to the point where they've actually gotten a bye in this new format. <laughs> they've always had to play the first and second round games. And it's pretty wild. Yeah, to me, you know, you you still are risking a lot when you can't get to where you can get that buy and you're kind of putting yourself in a rest a rest rest um, disadvantage. There's a lot of things that I think the value of getting that that buy or the double buy is is great. And if they could finally get to the point where they could get to that to that stage, I think that would really help them. But I guess I kind of feel like it would be a disappointment, you know, if they couldn't get to the final four, but this league is so good now. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like that's almost an overstatement to say that because, you know, what do you think of, what do you think of LA? You know, what do you think of Connecticut? You know, I mean, there are good teams that, you know, are, are capable of knocking you out in the first or second round. So um, I think that would be for this team. I think that would be a, a, a big goal is to try to get a buy or, you know, ideally a double buy and then give yourself a little leeway going into the playoffs. Oh, totally. I agree. I mean, look, I, I think I'd even take it a step further and say the finals, right? Because the chips are in. Let's assume Hartley gets back healthy. Let's assume Griner is able to, to, you know, mesh back into this this style of play, this roster. I think you'd be crazy to count them out from making a like they make it to that final four. Would you, you know, you can't put money that Diana Taurasi is not gonna will her team, shoot her team into the finals. So I would even argue that the the ceiling for this team is the finals. And I completely agree with you. You know, looking at this, it would be disappointing for this team to obviously have to play in the very first round of the playoffs in my mind. Um, so I kind of view it as like not if, if, at least getting that one round by. And then if I really wanted to push it, if I was like a little bit higher on this team, I would say not having a series, um, not being able to make it to the point where they can play in a series is going to be a big one just because of how talented they are, just because of them pushing the chips forward. And you look at some of, the moves that they did make, make Kia Nurse, for instance, restricted free agent after this season. Um, and so just because they, and you know, Megan Walker has, has two more years on, on her, her contract. And then you have like some of the younger players, Sophie Cunningham, Alana Smith, Brianna Turner, uh, with the options for 2022 uh, team options. So I think this is kind of like not going to dictate next year, but I think you do need to keep in mind that, okay, what happens this year will have, implications and an impact on what happens in the near future with the makeup of this roster. So I appreciate uh, your candidness on this. I'm going to go first on this one key player. Um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to toss it over to you because, because you have the much wider knowledge of this team and this roster. But for me, it's like almost every year, Brittany Griner is in talks to be the MVP. You know, you, you, you read the, the preseason articles, a lot of the WNBA talking heads always put Brittany Griner as a player uh, who could be in that MVP ca- uh, discussion. And honestly, going into last season, I kind of had her high up there, and I, and, and I, I feel let down that, that she didn't deliver. Um, but I, I, I joke. Um, but I think for me, it's going to be Brittany Griner. It's, she's going to kind of move the needle between that ceiling and that floor because as we talked about in many ways, you know, her ability to be an impactful player on both ends, uh, getting the rebounds, 
finding a way to to score, finding a way to stay on the court uh, as opposed to getting in foul trouble is going to be key. If like if we remove Brittany Griner from this equation, obviously there's multiple other players I could you could easily say this with also. But if you remove Brittany Griner from the equation, I think it really, really lowers the trajectory of this team. Who do you think the key player is? Well, you know what? I when you started to say what you know, this question, that's the person that popped into my mind too, because there's been two years, I think, where she's been the, the WNBA scoring leader. And there's been a couple of years where she was right in position to be the MVP and then an injury occurred or she had the year where she had the suspension for the fight or, you know, she left the bubble. I'm not saying she was an MVP candidate last year, but I mean, things where it just derailed her, her potential MVP season. And I think this is the time, to be honest with you, I think this is the time for her to come in and take all the fuel that, you know, people throw all kinds of stuff at her. And, you know, she's kind of a, a lightning rod on social media and one thing and another. I think this is a year to apply all that and just say, you know what, I'm one of the best players in the world. And I'm going to show it here. I'm going to show it in Tokyo. <laughs> and I'm going to show it by the time we get to the playoffs. And I know, you know, she won a WNBA championship so early in her career. I don't even know if she quite realized how difficult it was going to be to do this, you know, um, to repeat and do this again. And she mentioned the other day that she didn't even get to play in the final game in the 2014 season because she had a detached retina. So they won the third game and won the championship. She wasn't on the court. You know, that kind of feels like an empty feeling is, is an empty feeling for her. And I just, I just think she's the one too. The, whether it comes to like integrating her with the guards or her just performing consistently at that level to really be an MVP caliber player, I think she's the key one too. Hey, I, great minds to think alike. Jeff, thank <laughs> you so much for your time. I'm, I'm re- seriously very appreciative of it. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you on again during the season. Remind everyone where they can uh, read your writing. Yeah, so it's azcentral.com and the Arizona Republic. Um, that AZ Central is our website. So um, check it out. And um, yeah, looking forward to the start of the season and um, appreciate you having me. Of course. And hey, everyone, make sure you follow Jeff on social media. Jeff, what's your uh, your Twitter handle? Because I know I, I love getting some info from you uh, on Twitter also. So I can't I can't keep all of my uh, my secret little uh, tidbits where I get, you know, all the great information from. I got to let the fans know, too. Yeah. So it's, it's at Jeff Metcalf on um, the last name M-E-T-C-A-L-F-E on the end. That throws people sometimes, but it's easy to find. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And this is your reminder, Winsider is your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation, but we can't do it without your help. Become a subscriber at patreon.com backslash Winsider. For just a few dollars a month, you can help grow the game.